What's up, everybody? My name is Kai. I am the Nerd of Strength. And today for my podcast, I finally got a professional on here. I know I've been saying it for at least a couple of months now, but now it's actually happened. Today, my special guest is... Ken Novitsky. And you're the owner of Cerber Strength USA and four-time Scotland's Strongest Man, right? That's correct, yes. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so uh, I invited you on uh, because I wanted to talk mostly about um, how you started to get into the sport of strongman and then how you went from being an athlete to making a brand for uh, equipment and gear. Yep. Okay. So, so sorry, you go. No, you're, so with strongman, um, I've been involved in strongman since 2005, six. My first contest would have been 2000, uh, 2006. It was about a week before my 18th birthday. And yeah, I, I literally grew up watching it on TV at Christmas time. That was that was my way in, you know. Um, and I never never knew anything about it. Um, really, I never knew anyone did it, you know, it's, apart from being on TV. Uh, and then I just started training at the gym, and then uh, one of the guys in the local supplement store he actually competed in strongman, and uh, yeah, I went and watched. Back in Scotland, there was like they do a qualifier for Scotland for this man, and then the finals. So I went and watched the qualifier, and then about uh, trying to think, couple. Well, yeah, I went and watched. Well, I went and watched a local show, and then the next that was in May, the February after I went and watched the qualifier, and then competed that that May in two thousand six, and that's been it since. You know, I've been really lucky. With strongman, it's uh, it's literally given me everything I got in life, you know. So you caught the bug when you were young. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I caught it really young. I mean, I went to college and I have the master's degree in chemical engineering and stuff like that. Never used it, and uh, I actually ended up in the states because I came over to retrain in sports therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I I caught the bug, and it's been you know, it's been in me since. God, I think this is like my 15th season now. So it's been a long time, you know, a really long time. When you uh, said you were a fan first, who who was your favorite back in the day? I mean, Marius was always one of my favorites. But I think um, one that really motivated me was Sven Carlson. Um, I really liked Sven's story, um, really looked up to Sven a lot. But then even like the Scottish guys, you've got like Forbes Cowan, um, you know, and then it's like Stuart Murray and people like that who actually, you know, I know Stuart personally and Jamie Barr I knew, knew personally when I was home. And it's it's cool to see all that. And then now, you know, I mean, I've met Sven. I've met like, I've sat and, I mean, I've, I've eaten lunch with Kaz many a time and, and it's different. You know, I've just been in it so long that I looked up to a lot of people for so long and then like, getting into it more and deeper and deeper. And I was a tester of World's Strongest Man for a, a couple of years. So I got got to really ingrain in the sport there, you know? Mm -hmm. So 
at that point, uh, Sven kind of retired at that point, right? So you never yes. competed against him? Yeah, no, I never know. So Sven won Worlds of 2001. Uh, he actually took third in 99, second in 2000, and first in 2001. And he actually, his last Worlds was uh, 2004 in the Bahamas. And that was that was him after that. So, I mean, I was lucky enough to meet him um, in 2010 and then a couple of times at Worlds and stuff like that, but I never competed with him. He was okay. like pretty, pretty, I think he, but yeah, I mean, he'd retired before I'd even started. Yeah. So you, what, I know you're a four times Scotland's strongest man. What, what years were those? So back, back then, so it used, so the way it works nowadays is that there's, there's literally one Scotland's strongest man. And that qualifies you for, actually, it's funny because it's actually sort of it's, it's split again now. So the last few years, they had one Scotland's Strongest Man, and there was that Scotland's Strongest Man, which qualified you for Britain's Strongest Man and UK's Strongest Man. So when I was there, um, it was two separate. And it had been two separate for a long time. And this is when Britain's Strongest Man was not running. So I won the qualifier... The Scotland Strongest Man, which qualifies you for UKs in 2000, gosh, I'm trying to think now, 2011. Um, and then I won the one which qualified you for the Britain Strongest Man. And, and then the second one, which was a UK qualifier, I won both of those in 2012. And I also won Junior Scotland Strongest Man in 2011 as well, I think it was. And then I went to UK's and to so like the under twenty threes I won that one, but I was at the four Scottish titles. And then I went to UK's strongest man, and took second to Eddie Hall in two thousand eleven, and then won junior UK's strongest man the next day as well. Oh wow! How how was that competing against uh, Eddie? You know, before he like blew up and got, you know, where he is now. Yeah, I mean it was fun. I mean, Eddie is Eddie off the field like off like not competing i love him i mean like i get him now back then like it was we were both so competitive and i mean we still are but like i i thought he was a dick to put it mildly because the how he acted but then i never interacted with him outside of contest as soon as i started interacting outside of contest i was like this guy like i like this guy like i could i'm i can be a friend with this guy you know so a big i think a big thing of eddie's is um he try, he gets in your head. That's that's one of Eddie's biggest strengths. He gets in your head because he's so confident, and you don't understand why, you know. But yeah, just those mind games. It is, yeah. I mean, it's it really and it definitely caught me off. Definitely, I, and I never realized it until like a little bit later. Yeah, com- competing with him and then some of the other top guys in the UK was I, I loved it. You know, I absolutely. Loved it. Did you ever compete against Luke Stoltman? I did one Scotland Strongest Man. Actually, that's a lie. I did one Scotland Strongest Man qualifier with Luke. That was his first year, and it was the year after I had qual- I'd won it. Mm-hmm. And I got massive crap the whole day and ended up not even qualifying for the finals. And then we, we finally competed again together. 2018, a Britain Strongest Man. I flew back and did Britain's. So we finally competed there. Luke, is, okay. Luke, Luke and Tom. I don't even have a. I don't know what the word I would use. Like they've taken Scottish strongman to a completely new level. 
It's incredible, honestly. Like, the rise of them in the last two to three years has been insane. I mean, like, seeing, like, Luke... I'm trying to think. I semi-remember Tom. Tom never competed in that... um, in that qualifier in 2000, I think it was 2013. Uh, yeah, it would have been 2013. And I don't, I sort of remember this big, tall, skinny kid, but he never competed. But Luke, you could tell Luke, like, was a complete athlete straight out the gate. I mean, he at that point in time, he was very bodybuilder-esque. Mm-hmm. And he was very, very raw, but he, you know, did, he got the job done type of thing, you know? And the last few years is just, honestly, it blows my mind. It absolutely blows my mind what they're doing. Yeah, it's it's cool to see that they're you know they're they're brothers in the finals. They're yeah. bringing back Scottish strongman because it's been a while since like Forbes Cowan. Yeah, or, Forbes, I can't remember yeah. anybody in the mid two thousands that was representing Scotland. You had Stuart Murray in in, uh, in Malaysia in Kuala Lumpur. Stuart Murray was there, but I mean okay. apart from Stuart, there was nobody at Worlds that I can that I can remember. I mean, I'm, my knowledge is pretty good. I can't think of anybody at Worlds. Yes, for Britons, yeah, but not on a world level. And for them to be doing what they're doing now, I mean, the Scottish log record up until Luke broke it with, I think he's, I think it's two, 200 kilos he's got now. But I mean, up until a couple of years ago, it was 180 kilos. Luke hit, is hitting sets of five with, what's, what's that, 396? He's hitting yeah. sets of five with the previous record. You know, it's incredible. He's like, and and then even like the athleticism, everything. I mean, they're he, him and like like Luke and Tom, total package. It's unreal, and I mean for Luke to be doing it while still having his job, is makes it even more impressive to me. The only yeah. the only person I can think of like that, who still the job was Poundstone. Yeah, I think he still works as a cop, or Poundstone, he's a sergeant yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, Derek does, yep. But apart from that, like I can't think of anybody else who worked full time and then was the complete package. When you were a uh, Scotland Strongsman, were you still in college at that point or did you already have your degrees? Um so I graduated college two thousand eleven. So I won my first I actually it's funny because I actually won my first uh, UK's uh so it used to be, it was called the UKSC, so it was the UK, United Kingdom Strength Council. So I won UKSC, Scotland's Strongest Man, first time, 2011. And I think, I so I think that was the Saturday, and I graduated for my master's degree on like the Wednesday or Thursday. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so my graduation from photos, I'm like, like out, right a couple of days from contests, all like bloated, because I've been stuck in my face and everything, I <laughs> look terrible. Yeah, it was fun. But it was worth it. It was, you know, and so that was then. And then I went to um, the year after. I, um, yeah, I did like, I did, um, it was like early or mid June was the, like the Britain Scotland Strongest Man one. So I won that. And then we did um, Europe Strongest Man. And then I went to China for a week or so and then came back and then won the, this, the UK's one. So yeah, I've been I've been really lucky with Strongman. It's it's completely given me everything I've got. I mean, I and I've been able to go places that I never thought I would. You know, I've been to China four times in the back of Strongman, and it just blows my mind that I've been able to do that. Yeah, well, I was doing research, you know, before we before we chatted. I saw some of your stuff from what was it called, the Hercules Open in China? Yeah, they did the Hercules Challenge. That was the first one that I won out in China 
in 2000, uh, 2012. And that was then, just like a random event and somebody just called and was like, hey, you want to compete yeah, in China? So, yeah, what happened with it was, it was funny because I actually, like, my I'd always wanted to go to China. And um, a couple of months before that contest, my mum, like, texted me and she's like, oh, I just booked, like, a... A, a, a trip to China, we're doing this Yangtze River cruise, I was like, I'm so jealous of you, you know, like, I want to go and all this sort of stuff, and then, yeah, I got a, got a text from um, a guy in the UK who was linked in with, um, at the time, he was linked in with Dion um, Wessels, now Masters, who runs Strongman Corp, um, and at the time it was still ASC, it was still um, American or NAS, you know, for the amateurs, uh, and then she, yes, yeah, she was looking for people. Um, they were doing a team. They were doing a, it was a UK team, a US team, and a, an Australian team. And then you had the Chinese team as well. And yeah, they were looking for, um, I think it was two from each, two or three from each. I can't remember how many it was now, um, to go and, and compete in China. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm game. Like they paid the flight, they paid hotel, all that stuff. And all I had to do was get a visa, and I was like, "Yes, like I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm, I'm in." You know, that's and awesome. It was, it was awesome. It was great. Yeah, and then, the, and then, so that was the first time in 2012, and then 2013, I was, um, I was friends with Mike Burke, um, and the, he knew a guy. He'd been to China a couple of times, and he knew a guy called Dragon. Who and Dragon actually competed in 2000, um, 2013 World Strongest Man. And um, so I met I met Dragon when I was in when I crewed World's Strongest Man in 2013, and then Burke, you know, asked me he's like, hey, they want they're asking if you want to, if you want to come to China to to do this show. I'm like, hell yeah, you know, I'm in definitely. Again, they paid the flight and all that stuff, and I just had to get a visa. And then literally, like, I think it was around. Two weeks before that trip, I got a text from the other promoter from the year before saying, "Hey, we've got the show coming up. Do you want to do it?" And I just said, "Hey, I'm. I do. Thing is, I'm already going to be in China. I can't come back to Scotland and then fly out because I can't get another visa in time. If you, yeah. keep in, if you keep me in country, I'll do your show." And they just asked, "Where do I? Where did I want to stay for a week?" And they put me up in Beijing for a week. Oh, so did you backpack around Beijing? I literally they gave me, they put me in a hotel and gave me gave me food money for a week, and I just stayed in a hotel and went around Beijing and went to different sites and all that stuff for a week and just explored. Oh man, that's cool. You know that that's that's the cool thing about strongman. It takes you to places you'd probably never get to travel or see. Oh, I never. I mean, I've been to like like I remember walking up and down some of the streets in Beijing or. Um, like going to some of the temples or like the city park and stuff, and I'm like, I cannot believe I'm here. And I mean, I think I think in that week in Beijing, I spent maybe two hundred bucks, and that was on like tickets to the Shaolin monks, and then a couple of sightseeing tours, and that was it. You know, that's was, not bad. Yeah, and it was so cheap. It was so. I mean, you could get you could get a, a the subway in in Be all around Beijing, like a, a one way ticket, and it was like a dollar. That's not, that's interesting. Yeah. It was amazing, and it was like. Did they still do that show? Um, or the, no? I don't think so. I mean, I'm not sure what's going on in there anymore. I've not been for a number of years now, 
But when I did it, so they kept me in Beijing and then they flew me to um, Xiangyang, I think it was. I think that's what it was called. And like it was like just a rural village. Um, and that year, Shivla, Mikhail Shiplikov was in that one too. Yeah, I was, in the, I was in the airport with a couple of buddies who'd flown over from Scotland for it. And then Misha was there. I was like, oh, great. I've got Shiplikov <laughs> to compete with here. It's like, why are you here? <laughs> That's pretty much what it was. I was like, oh, hey, bud. Oh, man. That's, so you, I just realized you said you, um, you like worked for World Strongest Man, so you didn't compete that year at Worlds. No, so I never, I've never competed at Worlds. Um, there was a couple You've been times, to a couple of Giants Lives, though. Yeah, I've done, um, I've done Europe's Strongest Man, and then a couple of the US Giants Lives, and then, um, couple of Britain's strongest bands as well and there was a 2000 I think it was, it was 2012 actually I almost qualified I think I, I think there was one called Clash of the Giants I took fourth in it um and top three went to World's Strongest Man and then 2017 American Open for Giants Live uh top three went to World's Strongest Man I was tied third going into the stones and then uh ended up in fifth because it went joint third and I was super like again like couple maybe a second and a half two seconds from World's Strongest Man so super close super close a couple times but we've not not got that one yet um but yeah I was actually friends with uh, Gregor Edmonds who's the equipment manager at World's Strongest Man um and I was flying back from the Arnold in 2013 I think it was and we'd um We'd flown from Columbus into Newark, and then we were waiting from Newark to go to Glasgow, and we got got a bite to eat together. He's like, "What are you doing in September?" I was like, "I have no plans. I'm graduating college. I got nothing nothing planned." It's actually 2011. Sorry, because I just got graduate. I was going to be graduating college that year, and I was like, "I have no plans." He goes, I "Might have to have you come out and help me at World's Smallest Man then be the tester." I was like, "Okay, I'm I'm, I'm game," you know. And yeah, I ended up going to World's Strongest Man to be the tester in 2011. Uh, was due to go in 2012 and blew my bicep about a month out. And tore my bicep three weeks from before UK's Strongest Man, um, which then took World's Strongest Man tester off the table too. But then I went to China in 2013 for tester and then 2014 in LA as well. Oh, wow. Time. Okay. Yeah, so I went to a couple of them. How does one end up being an, an alternate instead of a test, or is it like kind of the uh, same? Almost? It's more they get invited. They get invited uh, as alternates. And I think what they're doing now is instead of having like um, somebody working the crew uh, as a tester as well as equipment crew, I think what they're doing now is more they have the alternates to the testing. Okay. Yeah, so I think they're doing that. Uh, but in two in two thousand thirteen in China, I almost I actually had to get the medical done because there was um, travel issues with with weather, and they literally told me, "Hey, if this guy doesn't come in by X X time, you're competing tomorrow." And I was like, "Oh, great! I don't have anything like even like shoes. It was just like whatever, you know." They're like, "If you just have to figure it out," I was like, "Okay." I was like, "Well, this world is fine." <laughs> And then, like, I mean, I knew everybody there, so they were always the same. Like, if you end up competing, we'll just give you all our stuff. So, yeah, it was great. Yeah. Really, that, that was the closest I got. It was literally the 11th hour, and like, he, he turned up. 
And that was 2013. That was that was the last time he went to China, right? It was like hot and people were getting sick. Yeah, and... that one was rough. Yeah, we actually had like you know the, the hotel rooms. They had like two taps in the actual in the room. Like one was just the sink, and then one was like a drinking fountain. You know, like you couldn't touch, drink the water. Um, a lot of people got sick. I luckily didn't. Um, but yeah, a lot of people got sick. Then it was. It was really the, the the conditions were a real test. It was it was pretty brutal there, honestly. Yeah. But it, it's you know changed so much and it's getting better. You know every every year. Yeah, yeah. No, it's getting to a level where, like, I don't know. It's just I don't want to talk bad about the or make it sound as if the old ones are bad, but like the professionalism is these is I don't know. It's just. It just like the level is like huge, and obviously it was a very professional production before. Mm. But now, like you know, um, I know like last year they had like an air conditioned tent for all the athletes. Like there was none of that in 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 a lot of these other events. It was literally just a case of here's a tent, here's some chairs, and, and you're open to the air. You know, so for them to have that is massive. That takes a lot. And I, I read earlier, uh, or a couple of weeks ago, or last week, whenever it was, it was announced that it was coming back to Florida, yeah. that they might even be doing it in one location, which changes things again, you know? That would be interesting to see how it would be in one location. Yeah, it looks like it's not a college, maybe a college campus, but it looks like they're going to try and do, like, bleacher seating and, okay. uh, you know, make it more spectator-friendly, which is good. Yeah, that will be interesting. That was one of the big things. You know, like when I was when I was there, they never um, they ne- it was never pr- really promoted. You know, so it was just a case of like we're running this event, we're filming it, whatever, uh, and if people show up, then people show up. You know. Yeah, and it's it's definitely gone a long way from like I guess being in like shopping mall parking lots to where oh, yeah. it is now, and that that's cool. I went to Worlds last year and. Yeah, they said like a month before. Okay, like two months before, and there was a decent turnout. But you know, if you didn't get to the front, you couldn't see anything, yeah. or it was crazy hot, or people couldn't find parking. Yeah, yeah, that's t- very typical. Yeah, because I mean, realist. I mean, and it's it's you know it's hard because when it's comes to the like a, like the U.S. or or somewhere like that where people like. It's almost like a destination. It's like, so like, you know, people want to fly from the UK to Florida to go and watch Worlds and have a mini vacation too. That's, you know, that's fun for people. Whereas if you go to China, not many people are showing up. So that's, I think that's maybe the difference. Like over here, when it's somewhere like LA or Florida um, or like, you know, um, North Carolina and stuff like that, um, when, like, like, it's more of a spectacle. People want to go and see it because it is like a, um, it's like a mini vacation, you know. Whereas everywhere else is just we're here to do the show because this is where, like, this they won the bid type of deal. Yeah, is that why? Is you know, because I've seen people like, how come they don't have worlds in the UK? You would think that's probably why, right? They want vacation s type of destinations. Uh, well, I mean, a big one from so from my understanding, a big one before a big point of it was um, basically who won the bid, 
And what they mean by that, what I mean by that is like you know you'd have the, like you know China or you know Botswana or wherever, and it's like you know kind of like the Olympics, you know, cities or countries bid yeah, for it. Yeah, pretty much. And it's like you know, hey, we'll give you X amount uh, towards your production costs to have it in our city. You know, I think that was what it was. So and then. You know they do that, and then you know even even say if UK was to win the bid, um, now if they did a stadium, it would change things. But previously, because okay, well, where can we film now? Now we have to like scout filming locations, all that sort of stuff. Um, and it's, that seems to be changing a little bit now that they seem to be doing it more set. You know, mm-hmm. like set spots. I think what worlds had what two or, or three or four maybe max um places that they did events yeah and like there have been times where you know you do a different location every day sometimes you know um i remember when we did when we did um worlds in north carolina and it was um at the at the university like day one we did it um like at the university because we did the, the 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 loading medley through the sand, so we did there, and then the next day it was in Charlotte, so however long that was away, and the next day was at Rockingham Raceway, which was like I think it was like a two-hour drive just from Jeez. the hotel, and so you did that, and then the day after was at the campus again, and then then the last two days of the final were on the campus too. But, I mean, that's massive traveling around, you know, and you've got all the equipment, all the cameras, all the like, even crew stages, people, all the crew, the stages and all that stuff. Like, it's massive. It's a massive production. I think one of the parts is people don't understand how much goes into it. That's the that's the big thing, because um, it is a mass. I never I never really got it until I went. Um, it's a massive production. Yeah, I, I saw that too when I when I went. I'm like, wow, there's a lot more people behind the scenes than what you think it is. You know, everybody oh, wants to get awesome. mad at you know the production, but I'm like, it takes a village, you know, to get this oh, off it, the ground. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when I was when I was there, um, there would have been like five or six of us in the equipment crew alone. Five of us, yeah, five, typically. Um, and then other times there was like, but then you had like local helpers who they were doing more set stuff, but then you've got like another, you know, 10, 12 people doing set stuff. And then you've got all the actual production people, you know, it's, it's mad. It really is massive. You know, I mean, you probably, it's, it, I, I'd hate to put a wrong number on it, but you, you I think you're easily looking total 30 plus people to, to run World Songs Man. Yeah. Cause I saw them had they they uh the the crew had their own bus to like you know bust them back to their hotel and I saw like a lot of people kidding on that bus. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, a lot of it was um when they did it when I was doing it a lot of it was like local helpers they were like local contract help so they had their own vehicles because they were just coming from home you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I can I can definitely see it being a case of, you know. They they bring a crew and I don't know I don't know if like no one obviously it's been a couple of years since I did it and with Rogue being involved now I wonder if um, they have their own people coming in too I'm not sure but it's yeah it's it's a massive production and I think that's one of the things that people don't really understand just how big a production it is yeah 
And you talked about like, you know, a community of what used to be volunteers and things like that. And that kind of leads me into my, my next question is like, you got into service because you knew the owners in the UK, right? Or yeah, you so, were friends with them? Yeah, so basically one of my good friends uh, knew them. And when I moved to the States, they basically said, hey, listen, do you or would you be interested in being a sponsored athlete? And at this point in time, like, I can't even remember what props we had. I think we had like wrist straps and maybe lifting straps. And that was it. Maybe since so I think it was like wrist and knee wraps, maybe lifting straps. And that was literally it. It was, And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? You know, I'm, I'm game. And then the, a little bit down the line, they asked if I wanted to try and sell some stuff. And we did that. And then, you know, a little bit later on again, they just asked if I wanted to, um, if I wanted to be the North American distributor. And at that point in time, excuse me, at that point in time, I literally had, you know, all the US and Canada. Um, and then it was just Canada got to the point where trying to ship stuff internationally was, and I wasn't doing much volume, much overall volume at all. But even just like the one or two packages going to Canada. Is it uh, expensive? It's expensive. And then it was like, you know, it was just trying to promote. I was like, how do I promote it when I don't really know like the, the culture or anybody up there and all that sort of stuff? And I knew one guy, um, Lance Lavalley, and that's who runs it up in Canada now. Yeah, Lance has done it for a couple of years now. Okay. Up in Canada. So yeah, I, I and that was it. Like I just I, I got the US market and really lucky to get the US market with it being the, probably the biggest market in the world. Um and yeah, just I so I retrained in sports therapy and then when I when I moved here in two thousand end of two thousand thirteen I came over for that. Um and that's that was the that was the plan, you know. And yeah. it just got to the point now where service has just grown, has grown and grown and grown. That I literally do not have time to do that. So I've not done that in uh, probably a year and a half now. Probably more than that, honestly. Yeah. Really. Yes, yeah, it's, it's got so big that I there's no way I could do both because I owned the gym and I owned the gym in Vancouver, Washington, for about a year and a half, uh, and then moved out to New Hampshire. But like when I was in the gym, so the the gym was basically, you know. I wanted the gym to, you know, make money and all that stuff, obviously. Um, and then it quickly became a, a point of the gym was running just to basically pay the overhead to run service. Because um, I had a, a stockroom in, in, in there, you know. Okay. So that's that's what it turned into. And that was the thing. I, I was supposed to be doing therapy and all that sort of stuff. And then, but then between running the gym and running service and then doing therapy here and there, and um, I never even really got the therapy side of stuff off the ground in, in Vancouver because things just got too crazy. It was a big juggling act. It was. I mean, it still, it still is. Because um, I do, like, you know, Wendy and I do do the whole thing, but on a, on a daily, like, you know, the all the customer service, the emails and stuff like that, a lot of that just comes straight through. Um, and then she'll help with other stuff. So between the two of us, we juggle it very well, but there's just so much that it is, it is a juggling act, to say the least. But, yeah, and, and I see you starting to um, do more like social media, like the yeah. IGTV stuff, and you're trying to get your own YouTube channel off the ground. 
Yeah. And you yep. think that's going to help sell more products? Things well, like I mean, that. it's not even. I mean, obviously, I'm in the business of of selling items. You know, I'm in the I'm in the retail business. So let's not lie about it. You know, but I like I've, I mean, I've been doing strong since 2006. Um, I have a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge, and a big part of it is that I. I, I mean, I'm still, I have a contest like at the end of February. I don't I mean, I still have a goal of, I still have a goal of going to Worlds. I don't know if I'm ever going to get there anymore. But a big thing for me is like, you know, I have, I've been doing it for so long. I really want to try and actually give back to the community, you know? So if there's something that I can do, be it through my own social media or server social media like that's realistically what i want to do you I mean yeah okay we have the products and we're expanding the range and all that sort of stuff but you know from the point of view of you know how do you do certain exercises how do you do you know how do i train or, or how do well you know, how i train now is how i've been told to train by jenny todd but you know even just from that point of view or or stuff like I really I want to give back more to the community than just be like, hey, buy this product, you know? Yeah. And that's that's really the basis behind it. And, and the thing is like I've been pushing the social media for a long time and I've been wanting to do more and more content. And it's just got to the point where I'm like, you know what, if I'm want to if I want to do more content, I can't just sit here and want to do it. You know, I, yeah. I have to just do it, you know? And that's like, you know, it took, if I'm honest, it took me quite a long time to, I don't know if getting used to the idea is the right phrase, because I would, you know, every so often I'd film a video and I'd be like, okay, well, we're going to do, you know, we're going to start doing more content. And it just, I would do a couple of videos and then it would peter out and, and that was it, you know. I mean, realistically, life just got, it's so busy. Of course. Uh, so now it's like, okay, no, I really, really want to be doing this. I really want to be putting this out. So I'm, I'm very much making a conscious effort to actually do it, you know? Um, and that's like, yeah, the IGTV stuff for Cerberus. Um, and then, yeah, my own personal YouTube and, and trying, to, trying to do stuff on there. And then we'll be doing some stuff with athletes a lot more coming up. Um, I actually just bought a camera yesterday because I've just been honestly I've been running a lot of stuff off an iPad and just filming in 4K on an iPad uh, or my phone for for the IGTV stuff. But I went and, I went and purchased some stuff yesterday for um, going out to Columbus, so we're gonna do um, do some content generation out there too. Are you guys gonna have a booth at um, Ohio? Not, no, not this year. I mean, I've I've sh I shared a booth a couple of years ago with uh, USS. Um, but honestly, I'm not sure. Not sure how the payback sort of thing. You know, I'm not sure how how um, how beneficial it is at times. Because we are, yeah. but at the same, I mean, I mean, I want to. I do want to. But at the same time, I I really want to be involved with the athletes and the community still. So. Uh, it, it's maybe something that I'm going to look into next year, um, but right now, yeah, I'm just going to fly out and then you know we'll film some different stuff with like interviews with athletes, them them competing, um, and and as much as possible, basically just put as much out as we can. Both, yeah. both, 
both during the weekend as well as you know after for the couple of weeks after. Mm-hmm. It's good that it seems like you're not you know trying to just force yourself to like oh I gotta make the content because I know strongman content is blowing up on like social media, yes. and YouTube and things like that. But sometimes you don't want to spread yourself too thin, especially since you know you're doing. Um, you know, the Cerberus stuff, and you said you didn't want to get a booth. And it's kind of the same. Like, I've been to Comic-Cons where it's like, you know, running a table and things like that is just insane. And yeah. I imagine the Arnold's is just as crazy. Yeah, I mean, I've been to the Arnold um, every year for, since 2010, apart from the last two, I think it is now. Um, and it's, it is just craziness. I mean, you, you get in there, and the reason I'm not sure about the the, the, the benefit from it it's not so much the um, that I don't know if I would make as much there. What it comes down to for me is more of a case of we're, we are still very specialized, you know, um, with, 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 you know, strength sports. Uh, and obviously they're growing massively. But the other part of it is that, you know, we're, we are still growing very much organically. So we have that going for us. But then also the side of stuff of when you're there at the Arnold, it gets so busy that you can't walk up and down the aisles. Mm-hmm. So for me, knowing that, it's a case of, okay, if I spend, you know, it's a good couple thousand bucks for a booth. So I'm like, okay, if I spend this money how much interaction am I going to get with potential customers? I mean, I think I'll get a lot of interaction with people, but how much would that relate to actual consumers versus doing something where, like social media and content stuff, where people are, like, we're we're aiming to a certain audience through that content generation, you know? Yeah. So that's what that's the thing for me. Like, and I spoke to Dave Tate um, of Elite FTS. I sat down and spoke to Dave um, for a couple hours back in June when I was at um, USS Nationals. And one of his things was you just need to really weigh up like these expos. He's like, like they never go to the Arnold. I don't, I, mean, I don't believe Elite's ever gone to the Arnold. But um, one of the big things he was saying is like you just really need to weigh up the cost of the booth, the cost of, you know, getting there, and then cost of being there on the return of on investment. And I'm not sure yet. I'm not sold in it. If I was a supplement company, it, my mind would be shit different. Now, we, yes, we we do have supplements coming. Um, there's a pre-workout, intra-workout released in the UK. We're just finalizing everything to bring it over here. But if we were a pure supplement company, then yes, I would definitely go for it. But with yeah. so niche and specialized, I'm not sure yet. Yeah, I like that you said that you uh, have been growing like organically, where it's just like it's true because when I started, all I you know, you guys have like a striking black and red on all of your equipment. Yes. And I see that in the gym, and I started asking people, like, what's that brand? You know, where, where do I get that? And that's kind of how I fell um, in love with your stuff. And then, you know, you start seeing it, like, on, like, pro competitions. Like, I've seen yeah. like, your sandbags at, like, Ultimate Strongman. I've seen them in SCL. So, yeah, organically is pretty, you know, 
in my opinion, I think the best way to, to do to do things. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's um, it's pretty surreal. If I'm completely honest, it's um, it's it's we. I don't know. It's it's weird for me. It's really odd to um, to to go to a contest and see the brand. You know, it's like like I'm aware that we're selling things, obviously, because I'm packing the orders. You know, and I'm seeing it go out, and and I'm seeing the stock. And then you know, doing the stock checks and all that stuff, but it's still a very surreal feeling for me to like. I went to um, the Olympia, and my girlfriend had nationals out at the Olympia back in September, and I'm looking at some of the other athletes, and then same at OSG, and same at Arnold, like when I was there a couple of years ago, and I'm just looking at, I'm seeing the logo. Or I'm seeing different sleeves or wraps or straps. And I'm like, like that's all. That's like my brand. That's like what I'm involved in. I'm like, it's really odd, but it's so cool at the same time. You know, so it's really cool to actually see it growing like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just a very, it's a very interesting dynamic to actually be a part of this growing brand. And you help growing the sport. I mean, I was going back and watching old competitions. Like, even as currently as 2014, everybody had, like, you know, the Ryband stuff on. Like, everybody rocked Rybands. And it's only the past couple of years we're getting, like, SBD, you know, and Cerberus. So, you yeah, guys have helped, like, explode that. Yeah, just, yeah, I was watching him. Um... I think World's Strongest Man shared a video of um, it was from 2000 and uh, 2010, I think it was. Yeah, it was 2010. It was Nick Best and Lawrence doing the Axel in uh, Sun City, and I'm looking at them. I'm like, okay, you've got you know the old style ribbon knee sleeves, and you know Nick's stuff is like not even. I don't even know what it is. And nowadays, it's like so different, you know, and, and to be a part of that is really cool for me. And it's really like having done Strama for so long and, and knowing the toll it takes to know that we're putting out a good product, which helps people and actually helps them, like, you know, you know maybe not get injured or even even take the injury thing out, but even just to, like, help them achieve what they want to achieve in the sport is really, really cool to me. Yeah, uh, during Black Friday, I did. I got my first pair of sandbags from you guys, and you guys sold those like gangbusters. Like I had um, the page up on my desktop, and I had to take a call, and I came back five minutes later, and like you know, the hundred pound sandbag was sold out. Refresh the page, like the one twenty seven was sold yeah. out, so they were like selling out like crazy. Yeah, it was Black Friday, so I knew Black Friday was gonna be crazy. Um, two thousand what year? So it'd be two thousand eighteen. Um, I actually came out to New Hampshire for, for, for Thanksgiving. So I went home to a massive backlog of orders. And then, so I knew like what my number was there. And then I was tracking the growth of the business. I'm like, okay, sort of worried about Black Friday. Like, this is going to be interesting. And it blew my mind. It blew all expectations out of the water. And it was like nonstop for about a week, nonstop, um, 12, 14 hour days, just go, go, go. Um, 
I, I took I took the the Thanksgiving off. Aside from that, I don't really remember time off, and it was it was craziness. And I can't I just I, I mean I'm so appreciative of the support we get from the Stroman community, or even not even just the Stroman community, but the strength community. And yeah, it it blows my mind every day to 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 to, to see the interact even even something as, as as minuscule as being tagged in you know stories on Instagram. You know, seeing how many people are tagging us nowadays is really it's really pretty amazing, honestly. It's it's been it's been a journey. It's been really cool. The team Cerberus. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's getting crazy. Yeah, and you guys have like here in the states, like a lot of like top pros. You have like Leaf Angles, Nick Bass, like so many like top people wearing it. And like Nick kind of wore in that uh, History Channel show, so you know that's like yeah. almost TV promotion. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like you know we've got you know OSG. You know we've got them. I'm trying to think how many I can't even think how many athletes we had, but we had like you know Chemical Island. On the podium of Masters World Strongest Man, and um, Leah Falcone with um, winning uh, 62 kil- kilos, and um, we had Hannah Lindsay in the 84s, and then a bunch of our ambassadors were there. You know, um, Aaron Fondry in the you know what class was that? The 80s was Aaron in the 80s? I think he was 80s. Oh, I think I might be screwing that up. And then you had like you know Dev in in the 90s. It was crazy. And then like the Arnold now. So the Arnold coming up, we've got Bobby Thompson in the pro men. We've got um, Danny Vahey in the pro women. And then in the amateurs, you've got Hannah Lindsay, Brittany. Uh, uh, I always want to say Britt Bull. And I, and I always screw up. We've got Brittany in there. That's her username for Instagram. We've got Brittany, in, um, Brittany Barnes in the lightweight women. And then Gabe Pena in the heavies. And it's crazy. And I think um, we, have, we have Leah doing the, the deadlift too you know like we have some really incredible athletes doing massive things you know like it's it's amazing it really is incredible did you go to um osg down in florida yeah yeah i flew you down okay. I flew down there and we had a booth down there and we actually deadlifted or debuted our deadlift bars at that meet and um, so we have those coming sometime this year too them they're in the uk we're just waiting to be able to get them over here too. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask. I'm like, so you're part of the USA branch. Do you shop ideas to like the UK, like the the apparel or stuff, or do they make things and just tell you, hey, we you, eventually back, the US will get that? We go back and forth with different things, and um, and then we'll do different. The the big thing is that look, so we have our core range. You know, we have the core range of sleeves and wraps and straps and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then we have the bars, which are coming now too, and then supplements and things like that. But then we also use the U.S. as a bit of a test market because it is vastly different here. Um, and even interactions, so like when we did the, um, the what's it called? We hyped up the, the black and black hoodie. You know, we did yes. a hype, hype for that for a couple, for even like it was a couple of days, honestly, um, and it wasn't, it was a massive hype, but we, we we built it a little bit, um, and then it went nuts, and we we sold a good number of hoodies. Whereas in the UK, it's interesting because even if you hype a product, it doesn't seem to go as crazy for some reason, and I'm not sure. So we we know that was 
we actually released the black and black over here. That was a test. That was a test market over in the US first. And they are available in the UK now, but yeah, for the first week or so, I think it was, it was just a test test market in the in the USA. And then tomorrow we have the headbands coming too, and, and that's just US. And I don't know when the UK are getting them. Um, right now, it's literally just the US market as a test. Was that your idea? Yeah, it was, it was actually it was actually it actually came from Chris Burke, uh, Leifa's boyfriend. Um, Chris wears a lot of headbands, and then um, Ken McClelland wears them as well. So I spoke to Chris, brought it up to me, said, this is something you might want to look into. I looked into it a little bit, uh, spoke to Ken McClelland as well, and obviously ran it past Wendy because, you know, any anything going on with the business is very much like her and I are sitting chatting about different things with that. And then I brought it to the guys in the UK, and I started looking at, um, we're doing it with junk. We did, we did uh, custom headbands through junk brands. So I spoke to the guys in the UK and then we got it all figured out, got mock-ups done. And yeah, they, they dropped tomorrow. We've got four different designs dropping tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern. Okay. Uh, hopefully this podcast will be up tomorrow or Saturday. <laughs> uh, either way, link will be in the description below so everybody awesome. can check those out. Appreciate it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm excited for the headbands. I'm like, I need a headband. I have a lot of hair. <laughs> See the thing is like it's it's like Wendy and I were joking about it this morning. But it's, it's Ken and Chris who who have shaved heads and they, they, they wear the headbands, and then I'm not I'm not at that point yet though. But I, I can see me coming coming to that at some point. But yeah, it's <laughs> I'm really excited honestly. When when we do something like new like this, that's that we've never done, I get super amped up. Um, and even like the social media stuff, like that's really exciting to do. Um, if I'm honest, I I am a little bit nervous about the the content generation for the Arnold simply because it's it feels like such a big event, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited about it. Like I've been sitting, you know, trying to figure out all the the different stuff to for you know, editing pretty fast and, and all that stuff. So I still have plenty of time to figure all that out before before the Arnold. So it'll be, there'll be some good content coming up as well. But yeah, I mean, I'm really excited for this year. Um, it's 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 gonna be a good year. I'm very very happy. I'm oh yeah, this excited. year looks like it's gonna be huge. Like they have the was it the strongman arena? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by that. I'm not really sure what to expect yet, because all the time I've been there, they've it's been you know on the main stage. Um, that was the thing. Like I've been I've competed on the main stage as well. So that's it's a very I don't even know the word would be. It's like a it's like iconic almost now. So to be going into into a strongman arena, I'm not sure what to expect. I'm not sure if it's all going to be on the floor, if it's all... I don't know how it's going to work. I'm really, really intrigued. Yeah, I mean, can't put the wheel of pain on the main stage, you know? Well, that's it, you know? <laughs> so that's the thing. I mean, it'll be interesting. I, mean, I don't know if they're going to do all bleachers or, or what. So that'll be the that'll be the one to see... Um, on the Thursday, get out there and like sort of scope it out a little bit and see what's going on with it all. Yeah. And speaking of the Arnolds, you, uh, I don't know, you saw the Arnold Santa Monica, right? I did, yeah. Yes, and I know he's Canadian, but Maxime Boudreaux like killed it during Santa Monica, yeah. you know? Yeah, I knew Max going in was had some really, really strong events. Uh, I, I mean, I knew his press was killer. 
I knew he would do very well in that, but I didn't actually realize just how good his farmers or his uh, bag toss was. I mean, I'd seen in his training, because I obviously keep an eye on all the Cerberus athletes, but yeah, he blew my mind completely. Yeah, that, that show was like really hype, and I'm just like screaming at the top of my lungs at my laptop watching. I'm like, this, this is insane. Like, yeah. I knew he was good at log because I watched a couple of the Canadian shows, but sure. just blew my expectation out of the water. And that's always good to have, like, you know, one of your, af- you know, one of your ambassadors or athletes to, to yeah. do well. And, oh, like, in all course. the pictures on Rogue, you know, they have, like, you could see the, the striking red and black. Yeah. Yeah, I was really happy with that, too. No, it was, it was, it was killer. I mean, it was so close for him to... To not take the overall, I felt so bad for him. But I know I think the I think the next one is Arnold Australia. He's doing, um, and I mean he got straight back into training. He looks in great shape. I'm really excited to see what he does this year. I think, or I I, I know that it'll, it'll just you know fuel that fire even more. Yeah, there's a lot of good up and coming guys now. You know, as as oh, like. Yeah. The old guard gets a, a bit older, you know, in the late thirties, things like that. There's hungry guys in their twenties who are who are ready yeah. to take over. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be a very exciting couple of years. And you competed at Giants Live North America 2017 and 2018, right? Yeah, 2017 went really really well for me. 2018, not as much. I actually got hurt the week before the contest. Oof. I uh, was was. Do one last deadlift session. I got a really late call up to it, so I was trying to dial in my deadlift suit a little bit, and still don't know what I did. I think I, I think it was a quad tear or an adductor tear a little bit, uh, and yeah, something felt like a shotgun in my leg the week week out. So it didn't really go to plan, but yeah, I was there that was, was both those years, and I mean they're great shows. I'm really excited to see what they do for the um, the Daytona one. That'll be a big show. Like, oh yeah, in that arena now. I'm really intrigued to see how they run it in there. It'll be it'll be interesting. Yeah, uh, I was just actually watching that earlier today. You know, before this podcast, I'm like, you know, there, there's like North American guys who don't get much play in Giants Live, but they're strong guys, you know. Yes, and yeah, they're be- coming up: Singleton, Ferris, Trey Mitchell, a lot of guys. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, I think it's going to be a really good year or good good number of years coming up for for U.S. Strongman and Strongman in general. Oh yeah, you know I I hope the Florida show does well. I mean, I'm biased, but I wanted to imagine like Strongman back at Madison Square Garden. That hasn't happened since like the Super Series days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I mean, it would be cool to to have that again. I mean, the thing is, knowing the guys behind Giants Live. I know that they're going to do it right. So I think what it's going to come down to is more like the demographic down there at that mm-hmm. time of the year. Um, and then, but Daytona beach is like sort of like that touristy type of deal, you know? So, you know, it could very well be a massive show. Well, how was the turnout for uh, OSG? Cause that was at the same place. Yeah, it was the same place. It was pretty good. It wasn't. I, I don't know in any numbers or anything like that, but it, overall, it was pretty good to to have it there. Um, with it being like a big pro show, that'll be the interesting one, you know. Yeah. It'll be very interesting to see how that goes down. 
um, especially with the level of promotion I know those guys are going to do for the Giants Live Tour. Oh, yeah. And um, the finals for that one is Scotland. How do you feel about that one? Scotland's being yeah. put on the map. Yeah, they're doing it in Glasgow. Yeah, that's going to be – I still haven't been in that arena that they're doing it in. Um, so it's going to be interesting. It'll be – the cool thing with over there is that it's not like, – you know, like I had friends go to Sheffield for Britons the other week. So it's not massive driving distances for people to commute to these shows, you know. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And then they have the Albert Hall as well. You know, that the old school, I can't remember what they're calling it, but it's more like that old school strong. So I don't know if they're doing old school events or what they're doing there, but they're, I think they've got six or seven shows this year. Um, yeah, well, man, you've, yeah, you must have because you've got Britain's, you know, Britain's, Europe's, Manchester, Wembley, Albert Hall, Scotland, Daytona. So you're looking at six or seven shows, maybe even eight. That's a lot. Like, that's huge for, for, for like Giants Live. Um, and it, it's almost like that getting back to Super Series type of deal, you know? Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they do over here. And then if they start trying to expand more here too um, next year, that'll be the cool thing, you know? Oh, I would love for it to expand more in the U.S., you know, like having more more, sh- more shows here. Like, yeah, we got Worlds again. And I'm debating if I'm going to go to Worlds or the Daytona Beach one. But sure. I think I might go to Worlds. Yeah. But, you know, to have maybe like a West Coast one and an East Coast one, that, that'd yeah. be cool. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It would be, it's, it's, it's going to be, I had heard um, something about the East Coast, like when they were talking about the Daytona Beach. So I don't know if they've got any, any plans on that. Um, but I don't see why, I mean, to see what they've done with Strawman in the UK in terms of, I mean, Britain's Strongest Man 2012 was not big, you know? It wasn't that big. And then we went to Europe in 2013, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, 2012 again, and it was like 5,000 people sold out in a, in a rugby stadium. And now they're going to Britain's and, in, in, you know, the Sheffield, um, whatever, I can't remember what the name of the arena is, but they're selling it out at like 8,000 people. And I think it's, it's huge. And then Europe's at what, thirteen or 15,000? Yeah. Like, it'll be, it'll be really cool to see what happens over here. And knowing the guys behind it, I don't see why they can't do the same thing over here, honestly. I mean, realistically, the big difference with, um, with Strowman in the UK right now with the big shows compared to the US is that they've actually created a market where the spectator is the customer versus the athlete being the customer. Yeah. So that's where it'll be very interesting to see where it goes. Like, I mean, I mean that's the, that was the business model, essentially, when it was Mohegan Sun and, and Madison Square Garden or you know, Venice Beach and all that stuff. So I'm really excited for it. It's going to cause a resurgence, I think. In the U, I mean, obviously there's a lot, there's a massive amateur community over here, um, more so than the UK, simply just because of the size of the country. Oh but yeah. To it'll be very interesting to see what happens if you have a spectator model come over here. That'll be that'll be cool. I think it's a bit 
more like, you know, the UK is small. Like you said, you can drive from like, you know, Manchester up into Scotland to see a show. But yes. here in America, I'd basically have to like either take like a two week drive to California or fly six hours. So it's like yeah. the US is way bigger and I don't, I don't know. Well, I think that's when then you need to make it um, almost de- like, like destination arenas or destination resort type of deal where it's a case of, okay, we're going to do this show in this spot and make it where it's the, the, there's more, there's more of a selling point than just a strongman contest. You know, you go to Florida, you could take your family to Florida for a, for a long weekend even. And you go one day, you go and watch, you know, strongman and then take your kids to Disneyland, you know? Yeah. Something like that, you know, is, is very doable these days. Um, same as if you took them to California or, or wherever, you know. Um, I think that's where you need to sort of push it, be, be just simply because of the size of the country, you know. Yeah, it, it'd be interesting. I hope by at least 2025, that's that's where we're at, you know. I got a strongman show every, every weekend here in, in the U.S. That'd be great. Yeah, you know, it's... And that's that's the cool thing about Strumman over here. Like, you know, there's not there's not really an off season here, especially. I mean, like, okay, yeah, you have an off season for the pros, but in terms of amateur contests, you know, you have so much accessibility to it in in the U.S. and um, and I it's it's sort of getting a little bit more like that in in the U.K. I believe. And if I'm honest, I'm out of touch with U.K. Strongman aside from you know. The bigger stuff, just from the, the the social media aspect of being able to see what's going on with it. But I, I think they're getting more and more like that, and, and more shows and stuff. But over here, you could, I'm I'm confident that you could compete, if not every single weekend, you can compete every other weekend in the U.S. Or at least once a month, yeah. Exactly, or even just once a month, yeah. It's 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 pretty incredible. And I know you're doing a show in February. Is that um, a strongman show, or are you doing a powerlifting show? It's it's strongman. It's just a local one in New, Northern New Hampshire. I mean, I've not competed since like August 2018. Um, like last year, last year was massive changes. I mean, I I moved from Washington State to New Hampshire. Um, which I mean, I and I drove. I drove that move. That was an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, like we moved. I was lucky enough that I had um, chemical and a friend, Lacey, from from Washington. They um, they drove a truck each, and we moved the gym. Actually, I never sold the gym. I uh, sold some stuff, but uh, I kept the gym. We've got a warehouse here, so I have a private gym, and then we have Cerberus as well in there. Um, and uh, yeah, I relocated out here and just put all my time into business and, and family, you know, and um, wasn't really sure plan-wise, like anything. I, 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 I love Strongman. I'm not going to, I'm not going to ever not love Strongman, you know. Um, it's given me everything I have, be it, you know, the business to experiences abroad and stuff like that even down to my partner. Like, I met Wendy because of Strongman. So, even down to family, I have it because of the sport. And I was just, like, sort of lost my way a little bit. I I don't know what 
I want to do. And um, yeah, I started working with Jenny Todd. Um, she does Donna Moore's programming, Sonny Bradley's. She, she does Wendy's as well. Um, she works with a lot of athletes. And I really, really liked how she approached everything and how she did Wendy's programming. I just and I, when I was home, uh, I was home in Scotland in November for my brother's graduation, and we uh, we scheduled a, a phone call, uh, or a, well, it was a FaceTime thing, and we just sat and, and spoke about training and, and plans and stuff. And I was like, I have no idea what my plan is, but I really like how she doing things with Wendy. Would you would you be interested in my programming? So we figured it out, and yeah, I mean, I'm I'm having like a sort of like almost like a resurgence. You know, I'm really enjoying my training. There's some stuff which I'm struggling with. Um, for some reason, my log press is terrible. Like, I have no idea why. Can't figure it out. Um, <laughs> it's literally like I've never log pressed before. My technique is just gone. I don't know why. But I'm going to do this local show. I'm excited for it. You know, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I, I think for the longest time, Strongman was everything, you know? And the goal was always World's Strongest Man. And if I'm honest now, while, the, while I still have that goal at the back of my mind, I'm really, really enjoying life. I'm really enjoying what we're doing with the business. I'm really enjoying the family life. Um, so even if it's just a case that Strongman is now like my stress relief and it's fun, because that, that was always a thing. Like I always did really well at contests when I was enjoying it Yeah. and having fun. The problem was that once I... Because I was having fun, I would do really well. And then I'd be like, okay, next show I need to do X, Y, Z. Because that's what's needed, excuse me, to reach the next level, you know? And then I would go in way too serious and absolutely just suck. So it would be like kind of overthinking as well. Exactly. Yeah. And it, that was the thing. It was like, it was, there would be so much pressure that it would just, things would just go to terribly you know so now i'm like okay like i really like my life let's just enjoy it like i'm like let's just enjoy the sport so i mean i'm really excited for this contest i have no idea what will what will be next after that um i know winner of the heavyweight will go to will get a, a place at nationals um if i was lucky enough to to take first whether i go to nationals or not would be doesn't get like yet to be even thought about but yeah i'm just i'm just excited for it i'm excited to actually compete and and just do something again with the sport because it's been so long yeah i'm really happy for you i'm glad you're gonna go back out there and you know compete yeah i mean i'm i'm excited to see where i'm sitting with a lot of things as well you know i mean my my like okay the, the log's not going well but then we've been pressing against bands a lot and the power generation with an axle is, is massive and I'm really happy with that. That's why it's so frustrating when I go and do a log and I'm like why does this suck so bad, you know? Um, and then like deadlift, like we get to do, I get a, a, a 16 inch max deadlift um, and actually, I actually get to see where I'm at tomorrow. Uh, I get to work up to a, to a single tomorrow to see where I'm at, so I'm really excited to see where that is, you know? Um, yeah, I'm just enjoying it all. I'm not even... I'm not even really worrying about it because I have so much stress on a daily basis with the business that this is fun now, you know? Yeah. 
And I think that's a great mindset to have, whether you're a pro or amateur, or whatever. It's go and have fun. Yeah. No, I. You know, yeah, it's not the end of the world. Well, that's it. I mean, like, there's definitely, you know, like, I can under- definitely understand the stress mindset when it's like, okay, this is what I'm doing for a living and all that sort of stuff. And while I was never doing it as a living, it was definitely, I my my viewpoint was definitely like, okay, this is a second job, you know. Um, so now that I'm in a totally different mindset, I'm really excited to see how it goes. Yeah. How does this affect, like, you know, family time? Are you taken away from it to, to go and train for this competition? Or it's just like, well, no, well I'm not, not just stressed really. about it. No, not really. Um, I'm lucky enough that um, the nights that I would go and like hang out with with Wendy's for that I would um we would be the nights I don't train so I I do it that way like if I'm hanging out then we'll it'll be nice I don't train um but then she trains as well so a lot of the time you know she'll come and and be in the gym at the same time or we'll plan things around that you know so but at the same time I mean if I'm honest like that comes first, you know, like that's the thing. That's that's how it all works. Um so it's not even it's not even really it's not taken away from anything which is nice. Um but yeah, I mean if it if it if if it was to take away then then it would have to be reassessed, I think. Mm-hmm. That's good to hear. Yeah, I mean I think that's what it comes down to. Like if it if it would be taken away then then things would have to be looked at. Yeah. Yeah, because we, we started uh, chatting on Friday, and I saw you were like, you know, out with your, with your kids, going to see Frozen 2 with things like that. Yeah, and that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it is. I'm, I'm really lucky to, to do that. And I, I do a lot of stuff like that. Like, you know, I, I train more later, um, which is a bit of a double-edged sword um, in terms of, like, you know, you, you start training at 7 or 7.30 at night, and then you get to bed at 11.30, and you're still amped up. But no, yeah, it's it's things work well with uh, the business and then balancing things with with Wendy and then and her kids and stuff like that, you know. Do they like watching the competitions, or are they just like eh? They do. I mean, they've they've watched her different stuff, um, so they they enjoy it, you know. I mean, they come they'll come to the warehouse when when she trains, or uh, and then you know a lot. Of, I'll be there pretty much all the time. Um, and then the, my, my dog's there as well. So they just sit and play with the dog and, and that's it, you know? All right. That's, that's awesome. Well, yeah, it works really well. Well, I think that's like all the, the main things I definitely wanted to go over in this. And you've been like, you know, really informative about a lot of old school stuff and a lot of, of the marketing things. And I really appreciate that. Hey, no, I'm, I'm all one to, to put it out, you know? Yeah, so like I said, your what day is your competition? Uh, <laughs> it would be Feb- <laughs> I'm like, ah, I don't know. It's like February twenty second. It's like the it's like two weeks before the Arnold. Okay. So it's the twenty second. It's up in um up in northern New Hampshire. So I think right. I think right now, I think it's like four three, four weeks now is what we're looking at. Yeah, it'll be it'll be three weeks on um on Saturday. All right. Well, I wish you the best of luck in that competition. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yes. And uh, actually, there's one more thing I wanted to ask. It's just like, so after all said and done, which one's harder for you, being a businessman or being a strongman? 
that's yeah. yeah. I it's two different things. That's the thing. It's so honestly, I would have to say right now, at least with the way the business is, I would have to say doing the business because there is so much to balance versus um, like when I was doing like at the height of my competitive career in Strongman, I was, you know, assistant manager of a nightclub, but it was like not that many hours. Plus it wasn't my type of, it wasn't, it wasn't all my, my company type of thing, you know? So I was just, you know, it was get in, do the work, get out. Whereas now it's like a constant um, stimulus of different customer service, marketing, different ideas on what to do next. So it's, I think probably for me at least, definitely the business side. Okay. Okay, that, that, that's good to, uh, to know. And would you, would you honestly advise anybody who wants to kind of do what you do to do that? They came from competing and they don't know what to do next. Mm-hmm. Do you think yeah. it's easy to turn off being an athlete and going into to, to the business? Because you just say it brought on a lot of stress. Yeah, I mean, it's easier for me now that I've stepped back from competing a bit. When I was, you know, running the gym or even just doing therapy and then having this as a, as a very small side gig, um, I can still put a lot into the competitiveness. What I found now is that when I was still trying to be my very, very best as an athlete or even not even, like even just trying to, like, you know, in the last year or so, trying to build back up, to my to my better levels it's really hard because you know you'll go into train and you've been working all day and your mind is still going with all these business thoughts you know so that was the hard thing for me is to to try and figure out a way to almost dissociate it a little bit and um, I think it's harder for me because I have the gym in the warehouse. So I literally don't, it's not like I go from work to another gym, you know? Um, I think that might help, but overall, I think what we learn as athletes leads us or lends to us very well for business. Because especially strong where you're balancing so much you know mm-hmm. so, and i mean balancing so much i just mean in terms of with strongman say like you know compared to powerlifting powerlifting is i i would be i would, i feel i'm doing a disservice by saying it's easy compared to strongman because that's not strictly true but I, all i mean by that is a case of you know strongman we have technique to train for brute strength you know, cardiovascular like there's so many facets to it, whereas with powerlifting being so static, like it's almost a little bit easier in that aspect. Even though you're going all out versus reps, type of thing, you know. Yeah. But I think being able to balance all these different things for a, in a training aspect leads us very well into balancing aspects of business, where especially if you're doing, you know, a small business where you have to do everything for that company 
Well, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, if you want to start your own business, get in the strongman. It'll yeah. make you work harder. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I am going to call it right now. It's uh, been an, an hour and 15 minutes. I think this went very well. Perfect. Well, hey, thank yes. you very, very much for having me. Thank you so much for being on. And if you want to be on again, uh, just hit me up. <laughs> Sounds good. Obviously, definitely. So once again, just for folks, the headbands will be going live tomorrow, January 31st at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on CerberusStrength.us, right? Yep, CerberusStrength.us, yep. Okay, yep, and all the links will be in the description below, uh, as well as to Cerberus Strength's social media page, uh, Ken's own personal social media page, and his YouTube channel. And if you like what I do, please like, share, comment, and subscribe to the channel. I'm so close to a thousand subscribers, and with more subs means better content. Definitely share this podcast around, including the audio-only version, which is available on SoundCloud, Anchor.fm, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Finally, follow me on Instagram at EastWolfStyle for more updates and cool posts. Thank you all for listening and have a great day.